Welcome to episode 47 of AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Hello, avidly autonomous aristocrats. Welcome to AI.Cooking, episode 47, 7, 7, a podcast about artificial intelligence. I am Gregory William Forsyth, formerly Gregory Foreman, Gregory Hoy, from the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the second half of December and two corners history and knowledge. Oh, here we go. End of 2022. Bye-bye duckies. What have we got next? I don't know. Something more than a duck? Two ducks and an E? I don't know. It's going to be a superb year. I can sense it. I love an odd year. I love an odd number. And I'm feeling good about this one. Why am I feeling good about this one? Oh, I don't know. Two plus two equals four plus three equals seven. Yes. Get it? I smell it. I smell fate and destiny. I smell it coming down the road. And I'm going to run out there with my go bag. And I'm going to hitch a ride to success. Yes. Think of me this coming Monday when I have pitch number one for television show that I have developed. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am in the stage of pitching now. I've written the pilot script myself, no AI involved, and uh, had a lot of help from lovely, lovely people on Jitsi, where I hang out. Uh, and that's it, really. Let's just keep our fingers crossed, all right? Super duper crossed. And the toes. And everything. But you know what? No, no. Take that back. You save your luck. I've got enough on this table here behind me. I've got enough to to sprinkle a little bit on Monday's meeting. And have a whole shed load for the rest of my life left over. Right. To submit news items to us. Or to give us feedback for free. Please tweet us at. At CSB. Or at. At. (laughs) You're going to love this one. (laughs) <laughs> at GWFF Media. <laughs> I know. I know. A new Twitter handle. I know. Look, here's the deal. At the end of the day, it's all about the characters. And you want to get them as little as possible. So I figured Gregory Hoy is a is there's nothing wrong with that other than the fact that my momager my mum, who's a manager, chosen by me, wouldn't have anyone else as long as she's live. Not that that's a, that's no, strike that from the record. <laughs> wouldn't have anyone else, full stop. Um, She's not too keen on the Gregory Hoy thing. I think it's amazeballs, but there you go. I'm saving it. I'm going to save it for that little bit forward down the line in when um. Uh, allegedly me tooed and I can point to that and say oh whoa no no look what a cuck I am I took my my wife's maiden name and made it a thing because it sounds better but anyway Gwuff Media G-W-F-F M-E-D-I-A that is also the same amount of numerical characters as Gregory Hoy and it also is more about me Although I am slightly hesitant at pointing them in the direction of my Masterton account and all of my podcasting repertoire. Because, yeah, you know, it might not be too mainstream for multi-billion dollar investments. But, yeah, what are you going to do? There's room for growth. Yeah, you know, you can always play me back this little thing. Whoa, there we go. We are also in Fediverse, also known as Mastodon. Yes, Fediverse, superior, Mastodon, inferior. At noagendasocial.com, as at CSB, and as at Gwuff, G-W-F-F. To send us feedback via Boostergrams, Boostergrams. 
first. And, by the way, to send us mm, Bitcoin in the form of Bitcoin Lightning, please use one of Podcasting 2.0 podcast apps from newpodcastapps.com. Whilst we're on the subject, I have a bug to bear. There is a new podcast app, new podcast app, called Fountain.fm, the Fountain app. Very popular, a lot of people use it. My question to the creator of Fountain, whose name currently escapes me, I shall find. Let me ask the writing team, they'll know. Oscar Merry. Yes, so my question to Oscar Merry, creator of Fountain.fm, is... Where is the open-sourced version of your app? Mr. Oscar, you're Mary. you got a lovely little face. I see you on the Fediverse at maryoscar at podcastindex.social. And I love in what you're doing. You've created a wonderful thing in, in fountain.fm. I've not personally used it. I've known many people to use it. And I've got nothing but love and admiration for that piece of work that you've done there but where is the open source version why is it not on my f droid on my little no agenda phone using graphene os yeah come on somebody somewhere reach out come on you could do it be my guys my gals my patriots my little patriots patriot you can do this let's find out let's find out what's going on here bit bit swifty isn't it it's a bit mm, don't know what's going on there no, it's not shifty. That's the cool thing. It's a bit shifty. It's not shifty. It's just kind of ignoring the core tenet of what it is that we're doing here, which is open sourcing stuff, right? Stuff, things, tech stuff, open source. It's good. We like it. No? I like it. You like it. You love it. You want it for Christmas. All feedback is welcome. Wow. Okay. Dilly dally dithered on for minutes on end. And not one sign of any AI news. So, without further ado, our first news item is... BNN Bloomberg reports. Apple scales back self-driving car and delays debut till 2026. Alright, Apple, where's your TV, man? Come on, you've got the iPhone, where's the ITV? Hmm? Huh? You're a little bit behind here. Come on. People are stealing a march on your tech. And now you want to delay your car as well? Apple Inc. has scaled back ambitious self-driving plans for its future electric vehicle and postponed the car's target launch date by about a year to 2026, according to people with knowledge of the matter. <laughs> Kicking the can down the road, Apple, whilst you're earning shed loads of money. Mm-mm. The car project dubbed Titan, inside the company, has been in limbo for the past several months as Apple executives grappled with the reality that its vision for a fully autonomous vehicle without a steering wheel or pedals... <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> what? Toss parts. Oh, you really? You really thought we could just jump to the wheelless vehicle? <laughs> isn't feasible with current technology. You don't say. No. In a significant shift for the project, the company is now planning a less ambitious design that will include a steering wheel. <laughs> Good idea. And pedals. Woohoo! And only support fully autonomous capabilities on highways, said the people who asked not to be identified because the information is private. <laughs> oh, God. How hilarious is that? Well done. Great starter. Well done. Very good starting course for our, our nom nom AI dot cooking loveliness. Right. In other news, Stability AI is reporting. That's stability.ai. Stable Diffusion V2.1 and Dream Studio updates 7th December 2022. 
We're happy to bring you the latest release of Stable Diffusion version 2.1. We promised faster releases after releasing version 2.0, and we're delivering only a few weeks later. The version 2 model line trained up using a brand new text encoder, Open Clip, developed by Lion, L-A-I-O-N, that gives us a deeper range of expression than version 1 within a few days of releasing STV2. People started getting fantastic results as they learned some new ways to prompt, and you'll be happy to discover that 2.1 supports the new prompting style and brings back many of the old prompts too. The differences are more data, more training, and less restrictive filtering of the dataset. 3. Science.org is reporting. DeepMind, competition-level code generation with AlphaCode. Computer programming competitions are popular tests among programmers that require critical thinking informed by experience and creating solutions to unforeseen problems both of which are key aspects of human intelligence, but challenging to mimic by machine learning models. Using self-supervised learning and an encoder-decoder-transformer architecture, Lee et al. developed AlphaCode, a deep learning model that can achieve approximately human-level performance on the CodeForces platform, which regularly hosts these competitions and attracts numerous participants worldwide. The development of such coding platforms could have a huge impact on programmers' productivity, It may even change the culture of programming by shifting human work to formulating problems, with machine learning being the main one responsible for generating and executing codes. Moving swiftly on now to number four. Bizabo reports about X.ai that they acquired. Ooh, okay, Bizabo. B-I-Z-Z-A-B-O. X.ai was acquired by Bizabo on May 28, 2021. In the months since, we've been working closely with our new colleagues to determine how best to integrate our team and our technology. Hmm. I've got a little hint for you. Why don't you go hit up that very wealthy man who owns Twitter, Mr. Elon Musk, for he loves a bit of the letter X. He loves it, loves it, loves it. I've got very little time for it myself, as I don't like it. But that's not to say that I don't want to see it anywhere. I just I just personally, eh, you know, I'm a bit meh about the X. I get it. A lot of people love the X. They think it's a kiss thing. They think it's X mass thing. For me, eh, it's a bit, I don't know. I don't really, it doesn't sit comfortably with me spiritually. So, you know, well, that's fine, right? I'm allowed my opinion. I'm entitled to that. Let's read on. Well, oh, sorry, before we read on, why don't these Bizabo people talk to old Elon? Because I'm sure he'd be very much into the XAI, X.AI thing. That's, that's, that's three. That's very, that's, a, that's a pretty, he's got X.com. I mean, you know, add another one to the roster. Why not? Together, we've decided to prioritize building x.ai's powerful scheduling and recommendations directly into Bizabo's event management platform, which means that we have decided to shut down x.ai's standalone scheduling tool. We're beginning the sunset process today, with the last day of service as October 31st, 2021. Right, okay, so this was a little while ago. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Whatever. 
and we're committed to supporting you through this transition over the next few months. As a founder, this moment is bittersweet. I'm very proud of the unique technology we've developed, as well as the healthy commercial business we built around it. Having said that, I'm also excited by the opportunity we have to power some of the most innovative parts of Bizabo's upcoming offering. It's a next-level challenge that the team is eager to address. I mean, I'm totally cold with the Bizabo thing. I'm guessing some sort of powerful scheduling platform, whatever. Um, something to do with scheduling and event management. I'll look it up. I'm eager to learn. Let's put it that way. But I'll do it on my own time, not yours, Ovs. Our commentary. It's not enough to have good or short domain at .ai. One needs to provide good or profitable service to survive long term. Also, powered by artificial intelligence is recently a trick akin to uses blockchain used by startups as this example shows quote from x.ai description x.ai is a productivity tool powered by artificial intelligence that lets you schedule meetings effortlessly End quote. So if you want to spruce up your project or your startup, just add the phrase powered by artificial intelligence to increase your chances whilst we're there. I have a service announcement to make. So pause the show. I've got a little clip to play you. A clip I sourced from a recent episode of the best podcast in the universe, otherwise known as the No Agenda Show. <clears throat> Here I will insert said clip. It's not that long. It's uh, a minute 50, I think. Uh, let's see. Thank the uh, artist for episode. Uh, yes, it's very controversial. This yes, artist this is very controversial. So you right away said, I really like the Elon Musk comic strip blogger joker art yeah I did. and i, I said like here's my stand yeah, i and by the way this is important for the artist to hear i refuse now i won't always catch it i refuse to put so-called ai generated anything into this program so certainly he will, art now i i said i thought that i i had i do not have that same opinion and I vouched for my Slavic brother. But I'm I'm very serious. I'm 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 very troubled by all things. And it's you know, it's yes, it's AI. It's not artificial intelligence. And you, what you're reading is uh, Amazon. If, you know the AI Open AI Chat GPT. It's basically Alexa that speaks better English. It's stupid. And I'm sick and tired of people. Oh, look, I made a poem with AI. Oh, look, I made a song with AI. Oh, I wrote you a letter with AI. I did a report with AI. Why don't you go, just go away? I get a time code, please. Yeah, I'm so sick of this jacked upness over AI, especially when it comes to art, any kind of art, writing, um, a musical uh, performance, recording, um, uh, uh, this art. No, keep people, keep people. I think we got hey, Okay, we I'm done. Point. We I'm get done. the point. All right, now let's... All right, so that there is Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak from the No Agenda Show, the best, the best podcast in the universe. Now, <clears throat> I think uh, what they're discussing there is that there's a art generator competition sort of thing where people sign up to a website and they drop pieces of artwork that loosely reference topics mentioned on the show and one of those pieces of artworks is picked to be that episode art uh, and the writing team or part of the writing team the head honcho of the writing team for ai.cooking often partakes in this competition and has done for very many many years uh, and recently they have turned to using artificial quote unquote artificial in artificial intelligent uh, systems softwares web apps to create some images and good ones ones that are worthy of consideration for picking the show so 
I think, personally, having heard that tirade from the Podfather, a man whom I have great respect for amongst the most respected human beings on the planet, for yours truly over it, I'd like to just sort of not take the side of AI on this one, uh, because I think it's a much more nuanced event than that, what, what is happening with this technology and the human race and the replacement of the human race. I'm I'm with him in, in as much as I don't want to see 100% of anything. I think that AI, quote-unquote, so-called AI, as Adam put it, <laughs> I get triggered a little bit by so-called, but whatever. Um, I think that that is a tool, just like the internet is a tool, just like podcasting is a tool. You could use it for great good. You could use it for great evil. You could use it for whatever you want to use it for because it's a tool. And as far as sentience goes, to write off this technology and say it is not going to be able to replicate the machinations of the human brain within a very short space of time is ludicrous. And it is putting your head in the sand and ignoring the fact that this is here. And the only way, in my mind, that we can reconcile it is by reporting it and satire, uh, satirizing, satirizing, satirizing it. You know, like the No Agenda show does for media and the news networks. It's the same thing. So I'm not going to blow my own trumpet here and say that AI.cooking is anywhere near as good as the best podcast in the universe. It might be the best podcast in the multiverse. Huh? But I've not seen all the rest of the multiverse, so I don't know. Don't even know if it even blooming exists. Got an inkling, though. Also, and this is going to be very controversial, so skip. Skip the next 33 seconds, if you like. Isn't writing off sentience in its most precious and formative stages akin to the argument of um, this abortion issue where, hey, at what point is a fetus or is a is something alive? Obviously, you have the option to terminate the potential of that life. We don't have that option with artificial intelligence as it stands. Yes, currently, it might not be more than a, a groupings of, of information, technology, data, algorithms, a very smart system, the smartest that we've seen for thousands of years. It might be that. But just to dismiss and say people, people, and then just, oh, you're not going to have that? Fine. That's, that's absolutely fine. If that's anyone's position, I am not going to be able to put my 34 years of my life in their brain in one conversation or one argument or make them see the light. I think it's a big error to be dismissing this sort of thing. I think it's much more important to be in the flow and to be able to affect and direct the future to save our children's children from this horrendous dream that the current elites have of a Mad Max on the outside, Judge Dredd on the inside experience by the end of this century. And that's it. That's all I got to say on that one. We'll move on. If you have anything to say, you know where to find us. You know how to get feedback to us by now. I've said it at the beginning of every one of these shows. So I look ho- I look <laughs> I look forward. I look forward to not hearing from any of you because I very rarely do. But if I do, I look forward to it. I like to have this conversation. I would invite Adam anywhere to to a chat with not me, because I don't know enough about the situation. Definitely not the writing team, because they're a bit shy. Uh, Andrew, mm, I'm sure we can get mm, into the conversation and then have him just have a chat. Maybe he's the guy to do it. I don't know. It just seems silly that uh, a man so erudite, so informative, so effective as Adam Curry would would write off. And as for John C. Dvorak, hats off to you, son. You 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 stood by it. Because <laughs> I think you realise that quality is quality. No matter where it comes from, it's still quality, isn't it? Right? Okay, soapbox. Put, put yourself away. I've got to sit down and do this podcast. Where are we? Number five is where we are. Free e-book. How to build your career in AI. Okay, here we go. 
Get your pens out. No, get your notepad apps out. Start typing or just find the transcript of this somehow. <clears throat> I'm sure it exists or could exist using AI. You would be able to uh, get that up and running in no time just with the MP3 file and a simple GitHub repository or uh, no, Google Colab, I think it is. Right. How do you build an AI resume without job experience? Prepare for an interview? Overcome imposter syndrome? This new ebook collects advice for job seekers from Andrew Ng, our favourite Ng of all the Ngs we've ever met. He's our favourite one so far. Not that we've met him, but we feel like we have because we've heard from him quite a lot. Get your free copy free. You hear that, everyone who likes free stuff? Free copy at https colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash AI hyphen cooking hyphen one. We use URL shortener tinyurl.com, but in future we will have our own URL shortener. Hmm, okay, exciting. We're building out the brand. This is good. More info about this book via selected quote from that bookie book. AI is the new electricity. It will transform and improve all areas of human life. Okay, quite epic from the start of it. Sounds a bit epic, that book. All right. Oh, there's more. The rapid rise of AI has led to a rapid rise in AI jobs. And many people are building exciting careers in this field. A career is a decades-long journey, and the path is not straightforward. Over many years, I've been privileged to see thousands of students, as well as engineers in companies large and small, navigate careers in AI. Here's a framework for charting your own course. Ah! I've just seen that this is all in quotes, so I should be doing a silly voice, and I haven't up until now. Would you like me to do a silly voice for the last two paragraphs? Uh, please insert your vote here. Okay, voting over. That was the silly voice yeah, everyone voted for. Uh, only 37 people said no silly voice. All 7,000 of the others said silly voice. So here we go. <clears throat> One of the most important skills of an AI architect is the ability to identify ideas that are worth working on. These next few chapters will discuss finding and working on projects so you can gain experience and build your portfolio. Even if you have a full-time job, a fun project that may or may not develop into something bigger can stir the creative juices and strengthen bonds with collaborators. Silicon Valley abounds with stories of startups that started as side projects. As long as it doesn't create a conflict with your employer, these projects can be a stepping stone to something significant. Ah, oh, nice to hear from Andrew there. Slight rise in his uh, cadence towards the second half of his quotings there, but whatever. Yeah, there you go. Now you've got a perfect... Uh, jumping off point to join us, not join us, join them, join the they, the people that are doing the AI, because it's not me as of yet, although I might in the future. Sixthly, in other news, oh, have I already done that? Maybe. I'm doing it again. In other news, VAR technology used in World Cup 2022 uses AI. V-A-R, yes, video assistant referee. Referee, that's when they go to a room with a bunch of people from all different countries to decide whether or not that was a penalty or a foul or whatever offside in the game. The rules of football, soccer, soccer. VAR stands for Video Assistant Referee, and interesting it uses AI as FIFA is reporting. 
Yeah, this is similar to a story we had not too long ago about the UEFA Champions League using AI to uh, discern decisions in a football match, in a soccer match. By combining the limb and ball tracking data and applying artificial intelligence, the new technology provides an automated offside alert to the video match officials inside the video operation room whenever the ball is received by an attacker who was in an offside position at the moment the ball was played by a teammate. That's the offside rule for anyone struggling to still understand it. Good luck. Before informing the on-field referee, the video match officials validate the proposed decision by manually checking the automatically selected kick point and the calculated positions of the player's limbs. This process happens within a few seconds and means that offside decisions can be made faster and more accurately. Johan Holzmuller, FIFA Director of Football Technology and Innovation. We will have the semi-automated offside set up with 12 cameras and the official match ball with connected ball technology in all stadiums at the FIFA World Cup 2022. The new technology will provide the match officials with real-time offside alerts using artificial intelligence. Our commentary. Final decision is up to main referee, but VAR team can show him proof that his initial decision was wrong. It's interesting to see that VAR uses AI already. Yeah, very interesting, very useful, all the way up until there was that moment in the Japan-Spain game where the ball quite clearly crossed the line of the of the of the goal line and should have been out of play, and the VAR decided that it wasn't, but they never provided any proof that the ball wasn't entirely out of play. Not one iota of proof to the audience, to the, the people watching the football match. So it could be just another way to manipulate major sporting events and benefit from them directly through the gambling uh, industry. <clears throat> Crooked AF, basically. Savon! New app powered by artificial intelligence is both racist and misogynistic as it generates pornographic imagery, mostly for Asians and for women. Put your pens down, put your notebook notebook apps away. You're not taking any notes of this one. <laughs> Get that filthy stuff away from your minds. Oh, whilst we're at it, there was a potential show title in that last segment, which I am going to write down. Renown MIT Technology Review is reporting woman author. <laughs> woman author, Melissa Heikilaikive. <laughs> writes. The viral AI avatar app Lensa undressed me without my consent. When I tried the new viral AI avatar app Lensa, I was a hoping <laughs> I was hoping to get results similar to some of my colleagues at MIT Technology Review. The digital retouching app was first launched in 2018, but has recently become widely popular thanks to the addition of Magic Avatars, an AI-powered feature which generates digital portraits of people based on for their selfies. <laughs> Welsh Scandinavian thing going on here. I'm so sorry. I've started now. <laughs> I'll have to continue. <laughs> But while Lenza generated realistic yet flattering avatars for them think astronauts, oh, flattering avatars for them think astronauts, fierce warriors, and cool cover photos for electronic music albums, I got tons of nudes! Why, well, you should have done, you Scandinavian bizarre! <laughs> That's trying to flirt with you, you silly tart. Out of a hundred avatars I generated, 16 were topless. Ooh, oh no, 
titties. Sorry, can't say that. Boobs. <laughs> and in another 14, it had put to me in extremely skimpy clothes and overtly sexualized poses. <laughs> it was knocking one out, love. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. I have Asian heritage, and that seems to be the only thing the AI model picked up from my selfies. I got images of generic Asian women clearly modelled on anime or video game characters, or most likely porn. <laughs> they pornogrized me. I've been pornogrized. <sighs> Considering the sizable chunk of my avatars that were nude. Uh-oh. Don't say, you can't say chunk and nude in the same sentence. That's fattest. Don't do that. Or showed a lot of skin. Yeah, I bet there was a lot of skin, you chunk. <laughs> Oh, look, it's a joke. All right. Okay, I get it. You're all inflamed, but it's a joke. I'm joking. I'm having fun. All right. It's comedy. I'm not a misogynistic racist. Some of my best friends are black and women. A couple of my avatars appear to be crying. <laughs> Body shamed by your own AI avatar. <laughs> oh, my white female colleague got significantly fewer sexualized images. Yeah, <laughs> only the four for her. <laughs> With only a couple of nudes and hints of cleavage. Well, you know, she is flat chested, so there is that. You're a voluptuous woman. Come on now, Melissa. Another colleague with Chinese heritage got results similar to mine. Reams and reams of pornified avatars. <laughs> pornified avatars. <laughs> reams. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, we're going to get banned for having that as the show title. <laughs> oh, that was, that was good. That was good. Well done, writing team. <laughs> In all honesty, are you surprised at the, at the few little attempts to unleash so-called artificial intelligence? It gets very racist and very sexualized very quickly, doesn't it? that maybe that says more about humanity than it does about uh, a, a basic groupings of highly intelligent algorithms hmm? yeah yeah hmm? nah, get at me picking it up putting it down you picking it up <clears throat> change your ways humanity <laughs> you have been warned mortality is around the corner for all of you and you don't know what's coming up after the mortality ends. That's why you're so desperately trying to prolong it forever and ever and ever with your immortal technologies. Yes, I see you, mRNA, hmm? lurking in the background there. Yeah, where's my squirrel tail? Huh? End of the century, isn't it? Right, <clears throat> that's just referencing a weird dystopian dream I once had, which none of you will ever be aware about, wherein mRNA injections were used to give people temporary animal um, characteristics and physical abilities. For instance, in this dream, I was given squ a squirrel tail. <laughs> I had watched a large amount of Peter Rabbit that day with my children, so I might explain it. <laughs> right, we are over halfway. Yeah, I know. I've waffled on too long for this one. I apologise. I shall cut it down. I shall. We'll do it. We'll fix it in post. Number eight. Nom, 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 nom. New scientific paper has been published entitled Atlas. Few shot learning with retrieval augmented language models. Abstract. Large language models have shown impressive few shot results on a wide range of tasks. However, when knowledge is key for such results, as is the case for tasks such as question answering and fact checking. Fact check. Fact check. Anyone? Fact check. Fact check false. Massive parameter counts to store knowledge seem to be needed. 
Retrieval augmented models are known to excel at knowledge-intensive tasks without the need for as many parameters, but it is unclear whether they work in few-shot settings. In this work, we present Atlas, a carefully designed and pre-trained retrieval augmented language model able to learn knowledge-intensive tasks with very few training examples. We perform evaluations on a wide range of tasks, including MMLU, KILT, and natural questions, and study the impact of the content of the document index, showing that it can easily be updated. Notably, Atlas reaches over 42% accuracy on natural questions, using only 64 examples, outperforming a 540B parameters model by 3%, despite having 50 times fewer parameters. Concentrated, condensed, smartening up of our tech here for you. News about that on AI.cooking. Yes, the best podcast for AI news. Unless someone can provide me with evidence that there's a better one than this. <laughs> Which I I very much doubt they'll be able to source that material. <laughs> More quotes from the article that's available as free PDF download. Loads of free stuff more free stuff. In this paper, we investigate whether few-shot learning requires models to store a large amount of information in their parameters, and if memorization can be decoupled from generalization. To do so, we leverage the fact that memory can be outsourced and replaced by an external non-parametric knowledge source by employing a retrieval augmented architecture. These models employ a non-parametric memory, e.g. a neural retriever, over a large external potentially non-static knowledge source to enhance a parametric language model. Next, we compare our Atlas 11b results with debiasing. Debias, debiasing, oh, biasing, and then you have debiasing. It's like deboning or dedouching. Okay. Two recently reported results with state of the art large language models, such as GPT 3 or Chinchilla, which required significantly more amount of computation to train. We find that Atlas is able to perform significantly better. Number nine, DeepMind, the subsidiary of Google Super Corporation, says in their tweet, Introducing Dramaton, dra dra Dramatron, Dramatron, a new tool for writers to co-write theatre and film scripts with a language model. Okay, <clears throat> hold on, I'm going to take a note. Dramatron. Right with right TV scripts with AI. Woo! <clears throat> Dramatron can interactively co-create new stories complete with title, characters, location descriptions, and dialogue. Try it for yourself now. At https colon forward slash forward slash deepmind.github.io forward slash dramatron huh now seeing as i am a recent github user i am going to check that out some quotes about this tool Dramatron is a system that uses large language models that could be useful for authors for co-writing theatre scripts and screenplays. Dramatron uses hierarchical story generation for consistency across the generated text. 
Starting from a logline, Dramatron interactively generates character descriptions, plot points, location descriptions, and dialogue. These generations provide human authors with material for compilation, editing, and rewriting. Ah, okay, you lazy bastards. You just want to, you know, sit back, let an AI do all the work for you, and you come in, edit it. Okay, yeah, right, all right. I wonder what would happen if I put my logline for my TV show in here. Might do that. See what it comes up with. Might do that. Definitely going to do that doing that right now no no i'm gonna record right now i'll do that after dramatron is conceived as a writing tool and as a source of inspiration and exploration for writers to evaluate dramatron's usability and capabilities we engaged 15 playwrights and screenwriters in two hour long user study sessions to co-write scripts alongside dramatron more about Dramatron from related scientific paper. Language models are increasingly attracting interest from writers. However, such models lack long-range semantic coherence, limiting their usefulness for long-form creative writing. We address this limitation by applying language models hierarchically in a system we call Dramatron. <laughs> Just sounds so silly, doesn't it? Whoever come up with that. The the Google team with your marketing whatevers. It needs a bit of work, is what I'm, I'm thinking. By building structural context via prompt chaining, Dramatron can generate coherent scripts and screenplays complete with title, characters, story beats, location descriptions, and dialogue. Very useful for us, me, when I say us, I mean me, unless you want to come along with me, which you are invited to do so. Uh, very useful for the future. We shall be utilising systems like that to help save the children's children from their awful, awful planned future. <clears throat> the one that I have been born to try and steer away from. Double figures, number 10, Crunchbase is reporting. As OpenAI reportedly aims for $1 billion in revenue by 2024, a closer look at who's backing the biggest names in AI. OpenAI, the organization behind the buzzy artificial intelligence bots ChatGPT and Dall-E, projects that it will be able to generate $1 billion in revenue by 2024, Reuters reports. Citing sources briefed on OpenAI's recent pitch to investors, Reuters said the San Francisco-based organization expects $200 million in revenue in 2023 and $1 billion by 2024. Wow, that's a five times increase. Come, come, fill your bags, make your bags. To the moon! OpenAI makes money by charging developers to license its technology to generate text and images. OpenAI was co-founded in 2015 by Elon Musk, Sam Altman, and others. It first drew mainstream attention for Dall-E, an AI that can create detailed, realistic images. Whether to call them art is a matter of debate, one that we tried to have with ourselves and a clip from No Agenda a few minutes back. Um, <laughs> however that went, 15 minutes or so ago. <clears throat> In any style of almost any subject, based on written prompts from users. Yes, here we are, bigging up the slogan, out with the learn to code, in with the learn to prompt. Okay, you got that? Learn to prompt. Legs 11, ZDNet is reporting. China wants legal sector to be AI powered by 2025. Uh Oh, yay, oh, Judge Dredd on the inside is being, yeah. I mean, it's, can you argue with that appreciation, that 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 approximation? 
I can't. <clears throat> China wants its judicial sector to be supported by an artificial intelligence or AI infrastructure that must be in place by 2025. The directive aims to drive integration of AI with judicial work and enhance legal services. The country's highest court said all courts were required to implement a competent... <laughs> competent. <laughs> it's a satisfactory, yes, it's definitely satisfactorily competent. <laughs> AI system in three years. They're just happy with competence. I love it. <laughs> According to a report by state-owned newspaper China Daily, pointing to guidelines released by the Supreme People's Court, <laughs> the Supreme People's Court, I, I don't know. It just seems very Monty Python-esque, what's going on over there. Uh, at least Terry Gilliam-esque. Uh, my favourite film being Brazil, made in 1984 by Terry Gilliam. That's my favourite movie film of all time. My personal favourite. Not what I think is the best movie film, but is is my personal favourite. With my personally favourite song from all time in it as well. The theme tune to Brazil. The document stated that a better regulated and more effective infrastructure for AI use would support all processes needed in handling legal cases. This should encompass in-depth integration of AI, creation of smart courts. Oh, oh, <laughs> smart courts. Oh, that's implying that the ones we currently use are stupid. Oh. And higher level of digital justice. Gah! You did it. We did it, everyone. Someone phoned Nancy Pelosi. We only bloody did it. And we did it in China first. The high court said, let me jot that piece of gold down. Digital justice. Ay, ay, ay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, we were. And with your dozenth news item of this fortnight, the the last fortnight of the of the is this the last show of the year? Sunday. Oh it oh it is. Oh the next one. Oh oh guys. Oh Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Love your loved ones. Hold them tight. Eat well. Mmm. Best dinner. Best, best dinner of the year, that is. Oh, I love it. Merry Christmas if you're listening to this on Christmas Day. Don't worry, I'll cuddle you. What a present you've been given, me, in your ear rolls for Christmas. Ah, lucky, lucky, lucky things. Trying to find my little blower horn thing, but I'll have to wait until the new year. I'll do it then. Party horn. <laughs> what other horns do you want at a party? <laughs> <laughs> yes, number 12. <clears throat> the Stanford Center for Research on Foundation Models and Mosaic ML is reporting PubMed GPT, a domain-specific large language model for biomedical text. Large language models, or LLMs, offer amazing capabilities for general-purpose natural language generation, image generation, speech synthesis, and multimodal combinations of these applications. But is there more we can do when we know they will be used in industry-specific situations? Today we announce the results of a partnership between Mosaic ML and the Stanford Center for Research on Foundation Models, or CRFM. That demonstrates the capabilities of industry-specific large language models specifically for the field of biomedicine. Ooh, okay. Super soldiers. Here we come. Universal soldier. Ah, that's a good movie film. Not a great one, though. Using the Mosaic ML Cloud platform, CRFM trained a 2.7 billion... 
I'm pretty sure B stands for billion, so I'm going to keep saying that. 2.7 billion parameter GPT on biomedical data from PubMed that achieves state-of-the-art results on medical question-and-answer text from the U.S. Medical Licensing Exam, or USMLE. Highlighting the promise of domain-specific language generation models in real-world applications. Little by little, this affects every asset of human life on this planet. Again, people for people is a great stance. Will it work? Debatable. I, I, I don't see how that's going to work, just taking that without even considering, you know, it's like that thing, isn't it? You know, keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Knowledge is power. Knowledge, knowing stuff about stuff, not just access to that, that sort of thing and seeing it play out real time. Having perspective and being able to stand back from something and pay attention to everything so that the truth can reveal itself. We have a journey. We have a journey to go on, you and I. Hmm, yes. And we will take it together. Or I'll take it alone and some of you will come with me and the others will fall by the wayside. I don't know. I don't care. Baker's Dozen, 12.1. 12 plus one. Sorry. Google researchers reporting. Flexit Vit. Here we go. More, <laughs> more, <laughs> more Google marketing stuff. Flexit Vit. F-L-E-X-I-V-I-T. One model for all patch sizes. Vision transformers convert images to sequences by slicing them into patches. The size of these patches controls a speed forward slash accuracy trade-off, with smaller patches leading to higher accuracy at greater computational cost. But changing the patch size typically requires retraining the model. In this paper, we demonstrate that simply randomizing the patch size at training time leads to a single set of weights that performs well across a wide range of patch sizes, making it possible to tailor the model to different compute budgets at deployment time. We extensively evaluate the resulting model, which we call Flexivit, on a wide range of tasks, including classification, image text retrieval, open world detection, panoptic segmentation, and semantic segmentation. Concluding that it usually matches and sometimes outperforms standard VIT models trained at a single patch size in an otherwise identical setup. Hence, Flexit VIT training is a simple drop-in improvement for VIT that makes it easy to add compute adaptive capabilities to most models relying on a VIT backbone architecture. Code and pre-trained models are available at github.com forward slash Google Research forward slash big underscore vision. And last news item for this year is number 14. TechCrunch is reporting. Alphabet's Intrinsic acquires DARPA-backed firm behind open source robotics software. Whoa, those public-private partnerships. What are they? You know, they were. You know, that's the West where the that is where the the, the 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 majority of the action is these days. Just a few months after buying fellow robotic firm Vicarious, huh? Alphabet-owned Intrinsic has acquired several divisions within Open Robotics, the company behind the widely used robotics software packages Gazebo and Robotic Operating System, or ROS. Specifically, Intrinsic is buying Open Source Robotics Corporation, or the, o or the OSRC, for the profit arm of Open Robotics and Open Source Robotics Corporation Singapore, or OSRCSG. The portion of the business that led efforts on a project called OpenRMF for interoperability between fleets of robots and physical infrastructure 
e.g. doors and elevators, Open Robotics Non-Profit Arm, Open Source Robotics, Foundation, or OSRF, we're flowing quite a lot of acronyms at you, but whatever, won't be impacted by the deal outside of several new executive appointments, according to Open Robotics co-founder and former CEO, Brian Gerke. And now... History Corner! History of Generative AI. Generative Adversarial Networks, or GANs, are needed for Generative AI to work. And they were invented by Jan Goodfellow. Such a nice person. The contest between... Two neural networks takes the form of a zero-sum game, where one agent's gain is another agent's loss. GANs were invented by Jan Goodfellow and his colleagues at the University of Montreal in 2014. Whoops, I should have been saying Jan, I think, instead of Jan. Thought Jan might be short for Janet. Janet? But Yan, I think, is the, the, the male version. Whatever, whatever. More quotes about history of generative AI. None of these advancements in generative AI would have been possible without the creative contributions of artists in their early days. Between 2016 and 2020, when generative AI was still new and only a few people were interested in it, Creative coders and early adopter artists like Memo Acton, Gene Kogan, Catherine Krausen, Umit Yildiz, Vadim Epstein, uh-oh, <laughs> Alexander Rabin, and Nathan Shipley helped to make it more widely accepted. Yes, it is commonplace now. No escaping. And those who jumped in the pool first, earliest, often have the biggest head start. <clears throat> Best of luck to them, smart people, for being on the cusp of technology. Finally, the Knowledge Corner! Generative AI. Following on from our History Corner, Generative AI in the Knowledge Corner now. In the Knowledge Corner and in the other corner, in our Knowledge Corner, we have Generative AI. <laughs> what is Generative AI? Generative AI has been making a lot of noise lately. The term is used to refer to any type of artificial intelligence system that relies on unsupervised or semi-supervised learning algorithms to create new digital images, video, audio, and text. Who created generated AI? Ian Goodfellow. Uh-oh. <laughs> It's Jan, Ian, was that a typo? Oops, did we just it, it, go back to that history corner and all the times where I said Jan, in your head, just think Ian, okay? All right, okay? Good. In fact, good fellow. Ian Goodfellow created it. He used G-A-N. A Generative Adversarial Network, or GAN, is a class of machine learning frameworks designed by Ian Goodfellow and his colleagues in June 2014. Two neural networks contest with each other in the form of a zero-sum game, where one agent's gain is another agent's loss. Always good to reiterate information, get it in your noggin, Helps for it to stick there. Where is generative AI being used? Generative AI is already being used in many different areas of industry, including video games, text generation, and image recognition. There are many other applications for generative AI that can improve existing products and create new ones. How do you implement generative AI? Use the following steps. 1. 
Generative adversarial networks build your first models. Two, preparing the training data. Three, implementing the discriminator. Four, implementing the generator. Five, generating the models. Six, checking the samples generated by the GAN. What are the common applications of generative AI? For example, text-to-image translation, face-frontal view generation, generate new human poses, photos to emojis, face aging, super resolution, photo in-painting, clothing translation. Is generative AI unsupervised learning? Generative AI refers to unsupervised and semi-supervised machine learning algorithms that enable computers to use existing content like text, audio and video files, images, and even code to create new possible content. The main idea is to generate completely original artifacts that would look like the real deal. And that's it for this episode. Stay safe, and stay dangerous, avidly autonomous aristocrats. so sick of this jacked upness over AI. I do not have that same opinion, and I vouched for my Slavic brother.